Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue with Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 18. This text reads as follows, Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. So then, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. This week's message continues regarding the walk of the believer. Much of this message, however, addresses the proper biblical place for alcohol in a Christian's life, as stated in verse 18. Please listen as our pastor delivers today's portion of this week's message entitled, Be Careful How You Walk. I want to talk about what the Bible says about this word wine and other alcoholic beverages. Now, for one thing, the the Bible does not prohibit the drinking of wine or other alcoholic beverages. Somebody came up to me after the first service who had spent a little time at a certain Christian university, um, the name of which rhymes with bones, um, and had been told by the founder uh, in a recording of a founder of that university that when the Bible says wine, it means grape juice. It's not fermented. And that is true except for it's false. It's a total lie. It means fermented grape juice. It means it means wine. As a matter of fact, the Bible not only doesn't prohibit it, it assumes that consuming wine is normal. I want to say that up front so we make sure that we're not um, making fools of ourselves by saying the Bible says something that it doesn't say. Now, I understand being confronted with the horrors of rampant alcoholism, seeing the destruction that has been caused and is always being caused by the abuse of alcohol. Some people have said, well, obviously, that's so bad, it can't possibly be God's will, therefore, the Bible prohibits it. Well, only it doesn't. We have to think things through. Don't look foolish by misrepresenting Scripture. But here's the crucial point. In ancient times, wine was mixed with water before it was consumed. Now, you probably cannot go to the Napa Valley or to anywhere in France on a wine-tasting tour and find diluted wine. That's not real popular these days. But what is called wine in the New Testament is what we would call wine today, like you could go to the grocery store and, and buy wine today, except it was mixed with three to ten times as much water as wine. Again, uh, Homer in the Odyssey mentions the ratio of what, what kind of drink should you make? The ratio of 20 to 1, 20 parts water, one part wine. If that sounds like that's more like water purification than it is wine tasting, <coughs> that's because it is. That's exactly what it is. Uh, Pliny mentioned the ratio of 
eight to one. Athenaeus <coughs> mentioned you know, the ratio of three to two, and that was considered strong. Uh, Hesiod says it was three to one. Alexis said four to one. Go home and ask her. Say, Alexis, how much water should I put in my wine? Uh, I, think that was a, I think that was her great-grandmother. Diocles says it's two to one. Nicarus says five to two. Anacreon says two to one. You get the point? Uh, sometimes in ancient literature, references are made to a mixture of equal parts water and wine, half and half, or even stronger. And those mixtures were called strong drink or strong wine. Those terms are used in the Bible. And so we're left to understand when he says don't get drunk with wine, he's talking about <coughs> drinking a lot of diluted wine. That's why in the description for uh, spiritual leaders, it uh, talks about not being drunk, but it liter literally lingering along beside the wine, taking in a lot of it. As one person said, um, to, to become intoxicated based on the drink that was normally consumed, it would affect your bladder long before it would get to your brain. Okay, so understand that. Drinking wine undiluted with water was considered barbaric. Here's from an ancient writer in Athens. So this is Greece, same culture that uh, some of the New Testament is addressed to. Here's a quote. The gods have revealed wine to mortals to be the greatest blessing for those who use it right, but for those who use it without measure, the reverse. For it gives food to them that take it and strengthens in mind and body. In medicine, it is most beneficial. It can be mixed with liquid and drugs, and it brings aid to the wounded. In daily intercourse, to those who mix and drink moderately, it gives good cheer. But if you overstep the bounds, it brings violence. Mix it half and half, you get madness. Unmixed bodily collapse. It was used. It was normally consumed, greatly diluted. And it was also used for medicine and as a solvent for medicine. Now, let's look at a couple of scriptures. Um, the blessings that God promised to Israel in the land of promise included wine. Remember when the spies went into the land and they brought back samples of, of the grapes? They had to hang, them over, hang the bunches of grapes over a stick and carry it across the shoulders of two men. That was such a bounty of, of grapes, and that made for plenty of wine. Deuteronomy 14.26 says this, And you may spend the money, that's referring to what He's going to allow them to have within the land, you may spend the money for whatever your heart desires, for oxen, for sheep, or wine, or strong drink, or whatever your heart desires. And there you shall eat in the presence of the Lord your God and rejoice, you and your household. So what you find in the Bible is that God prohibits drunkenness, not wine drinking. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 1, we went past this when we were reading through Proverbs. Wine is a mocker, strong drink, a brawler, and whoever is intoxicated by it is not wise. Hmm, what's that, pass what's that command in our passage? Don't be unwise, but be wise. Okay, don't be intoxicated. That is unwise. And the circumstances in which that doesn't apply is, it always applies. To be intoxicated is to be in sin. It's to be a fool. That's not where God leads His people. So, notice, 
our passage and the New Testament and the Old Testament assumes wine drinking was normal. But moderation and wisdom is required in the use of wine, even in the preparation of wine to use as in how dilute will it be. Its misuse is never, misuse is never wise. And that's exactly the terminology that we have here in Ephesians chapter 5. So, Paul says, don't um, don't be unwise, don't be drunk with wine, but tomorrow, or tomorrow, let's wait a week, next Sunday, we're going to pick it up on the other side of that conjunction, but, and you're going to see that it is a truly um, amazing and powerful way to describe what God does want for your life. I'll finish a couple of more passages about, uh, about wine, but understand what we already know here. Be wise. God's will for what kind of person you are to be is fully revealed in Scripture. You and I must understand what it is. Drunkenness is sin, always. Now, buckle your seatbelts. I don't care if you read ahead, but come back next Lord's Day and let's talk about where to go from there. Be careful how you walk. Let's pray. Our Father, we want to be wise. We, we say with Mr. Coughlin from that song, Hallelujah, all I have is Christ. You've given us Your Son. For us to live is Christ, and to die is gain. He is wisdom embodied, and Father, we just want to be wise men and women. Help us to know Your will so we can grow more like Christ. Help us to be useful to each other in growing in that direction. Keep us from anything that would ever weaken our resolve or our control of our actions. And we know, Father, that it's not just wine or strong drink. It can be something on the internet. It can be a It can be a cell phone. It can be a hobby. Help us to focus on that which makes us wise, not that which wears us down in our resistance to evil in this evil day. Provoke us, please, to help one another along the way. Oh, and Father, I know the the folly of trying to impose Your moral will on people who don't have Your Holy Spirit within them. Please don't let a single soul leave this place today without Your Spirit, without the salvation that is found only in Christ Jesus. Please call them to Yourself. Have them reach out to You, call out to You for Your, for your mercy and grace, and then have Your way to bring new life and for all of us. Oh, Father, so often... We, regardless of how much wisdom we have, we just seem to be able to be content with it and not take that next step to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So may we do that very thing, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.